Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep. I'm Daniel, and uh, <laughs> it's the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before, and I'm getting my my little bird out and my cranberries, and I thought I would do a really quick gorilla podcast because something happened last week, and I didn't mention it in the podcast on Sunday, that really made me happy. And uh, about the game, I mean, many things happen in my life that makes me happy, thankfully. Uh, but uh, <laughs> one of my players said, you know what I love about this? I love that we're clearly powerful characters, but there's still some monsters we just need to run from. And that is what I was going for. What I wanted was a system that whatever level you're on, there's challenges, but I didn't want it to follow you. What I didn't, what I don't like about some games that have, let's say, hit point bloat, including more or less all versions of D&D, is that when you get to high levels and you have 50, 60, 70 hit points, 100 hit points if you're in some games, it, it, the fighting can become a slog. So you don't, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to fight uh, a, a Balrog. So this is going to be a session of fighting. And with the system I've created, we've eliminated that. But at the same time, you're still powerful. It's not because the Balrogs are weaker, which I've seen people do. Not everybody's not just simply weaker. People are powerful. So that same character that can fight the Balrog, and that's a fast combat and killing, you know, a Balrog or the Balrog killing them, that same group can kill, you know, 50 orcs in also almost the same amount of time. And or be killed by. <laughs> so like it, it just it's really interesting. It really is coming together and I'm super happy. I, I was, <laughs> you know, because I always think when I'm doing stuff that because of course I'm doing it the way I want to do it, that I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. This will work. But when you get the feedback from people playing the game, that really is powerful. So I'm very happy about that. I just wanted to I guess I'm bragging a little bit. <laughs> the one part of the system I really we don't play enough, though, is man to man. And I do think that's the part that will be the more slow, if you want to put it that way, combats. And that does sometimes make me nervous because, again, my goal is, even though and I seem to podcast a lot about combat, is to make the combat fast and furious. I don't want to spend hours at my table in combat. It's just not what I like. I like the narrative. I like the exploration. I like the role play. Combat is really a major event that can turn the adventure one way or the other. It's not, to me, the main body of the adventure. I mean, I guess unless you're doing a mass battle, that, but then that's, that's a whole separate thing. So, yeah, I think it's really working. I, I'm very happy. And, and, and to, this was after they had a fight with, uh, I think the party had, well, they had recruited a bunch of henchmen who they didn't end up using, really, because I thought they were going to put them up front as a defense, but they stood in front because, again, the party is very heroic and they don't, want, they don't want their henchmen to die. So I don't know why they bothered. But anyways, I guess they figured the other side might have had a bunch of henchmen. But they fought, uh, let's see, the party was five, I believe. The other side of leveled, you know, the other side, they were fighting two demons and seven leveled characters, clerics and, and high priests. And yeah, I believe the combat was a total of three rounds. Yeah. Now, what I will say is a big part of that comes down to my group's mentality of planning. They definitely don't just run around fighting things. They, If they know there's a combat, they prepare for it. And their strategy, as much as anything, made it go fast. So I, I will definitely give credit where credit's due to great players. 
But I thought it was just very interesting because, again, we, we had this combat. They planned ahead. They took the, the demons down really quickly. They fought the high priest, who did actually take down one of the PCs, but didn't actually kill them. So that was good for, the, for that PC, <laughs> since that, that uh, Todd's PC, because he's already lost. He just had died like two sessions back, maybe three sessions. So it was good that he didn't <laughs> die again. But, uh, yeah, you know, and... You know, and, and also just to kind of confirm what people talk about a lot is, although his character almost died, that character, because again, my, the, most of the group is seventh, eighth level. Todd came in as a second level character, I don't know, four, four sessions ago at this point, because I'm counting that one, and he's now fifth level. So, you know, you, uh, you level really quickly when you're so much lower level, especially in OD&D. And I think this is something we lose in BX because of the ratio of experience points to monsters hit dice. So what I mean by that is if I have an eighth level uh, character and they run into, let's say, orcs and they fight 10 orcs, they're only getting one eighth of the experience points because orcs are, you know, one eighth their, their challenge. But a first-level character, again, fighting that same group, gets the full experience points for the orcs. So you can really, like, have a have tag-along characters in a sense that can that can still be valuable, especially in using the abstract combat system where everybody kind of puts their roles together and still, you know, party with the party with the party and still, you know, uh, be valuable and level up quickly. So, I, again, it's really coming together. I'm really excited about how this thing's working. I think the next real step here is for me to actually print out more of the charts now that I really feel like they're tight so that the players can have them on the table. I had done that earlier, but then they kept changing, so I kind of took them back. So the real, um, if you want to call it at all, stop in the combat is because I have to look everything up because I'm the only one with the charts at this point. So I think at some point soon I'll print out all the new tables and we'll let the players start to do their own calculations because I think that the players... And I've noticed this actually, you know, before we first started playing, they they had the chart, they were able to figure it out. By the time you got to them, they were like, oh, two dice or whatever. So all you have to say is when you start the combat is this creature defends as heavy foot. Give me your numbers. And then you just give them a second to figure it out and boom, 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 they're done. So I think that's really good. Everything's working out. But that made me happy though. though. So I just want to say that it's Thanksgiving. So I'm going to tell you something I'm thankful for <laughs> that the system, even though it's taking way longer than I, uh, than I expected, um, it's uh, it's working. Oh, the other thing I'm going to mention, which um, they were doing a whole episode on this. Apparently, now I'm tracking the lineage <laughs> through connections, and uh, the Arnesonian die thing that was talked about in Holmes and Clark apparently comes from at least on some level uh, Hobbes. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, you know, Hobbes started talking about it a little bit of their podcast, but I didn't listen to the whole podcast, so I got to go back and finish. But it's interesting. I've tried it now a couple of times. I think it's okay. It's okay enough that I might actually take this in a modified form, like the basic idea of it, and maybe use it as my skill system for uh, Unchained Heroes, which is the sword and sorcery, like the more like simplified version of this. Just because I have a good system there, but it's based on the troop combat. And since I kind of, I didn't remove troop combat, but I reduced the the use of troop combat in Unchained Heroes, I feel like maybe having charts for the skills for that doesn't make as much sense. So I'm going to look at it. They work pretty well. The whole doubles thing, maybe I should call him Hobbs. The whole, um, although I don't know if that's from him, but the whole like when you take doubles, you have to take doubles and that they, you get a bonus for it. Got really weird with us because both sides rolled doubles. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. 
Anyways, this is turning out to be almost eight minutes of podcasting for me just blabbling on. So hopefully, blabbling, is that a word? Hopefully, uh, if you are celebrating such things, uh, you will have a wonderful day tomorrow. And guess what? If you're not celebrating it, I hope you still have a wonderful day tomorrow. This is like a bonus podcast. I don't think I'll have one over the weekend, though, because it is the holiday and I'm probably going to be chilling and not thinking about podcasting. But if something comes up, I will definitely uh, cast my pod. My plan this weekend is to, because I'm running it at GaryCon and I've only actually played it once now. I have the Buck Rogers, I think it's called Fight for the 25th Century game that I picked up at GaryCon last year and I'm running it this year. So I played it once. Kind of, I mean, I set it up and played it like over a long period and like really analyzed it, but I'm just going to set it up and just do a few run throughs over Thanksgiving and see how it plays out. I mean, the, the game can have up to six players and I'm only going to have one person help me. So I want to get it in front of a group as well, which I'll very likely do in the coming month with my, I'll convince my D&D group to switch over one day and do it because, you know, it's good to mix things up as much as I love. This kind of goes back to a little bit. I just listened to Decadron and, and, uh. Jason was on there, and I, and I was mentioned. So you know, my my ears was your ears scratch or ring or something to me. But um, you know, they I do say I don't love single uh, resolutions, and I and I do love mini games, and I also love just bringing other games into the table. I feel like sometimes when you're playing with a group of people and you're always just playing D and D, and this is especially true if you play a lot. Now, I guess if you play once a month or every other week and you miss a lot and whatever, you just want to get into that game. But when you meet with your friends once a week to play D&D and you're running multi, a multi-year campaign, sometimes I think it's just fun to be like, hey, guys, this week we're going to play something different. And I think it does help kind of refresh the the, uh, the batteries, if you will. Anyways, that's just me going on another angle. I don't know if I had any calls. I think I actually did have one call, but I – oh, I did. But – oh, no, that was from Monsters and Treasure. No, nope, I don't think I had any calls anyways, but uh, – if I did, I'll get to you the next time I do a podcast. I apologize because, like I said, I'm on my phone gorilla podcasting and I am not very astute at using – astute? Is that even the word for that? That's probably not the word. Skilled at using the phone for this. It amazes me that Rob over down the heap does his podcast from his phone because it sounds so professional. And I'm over here using all kinds of gear and I don't know. I don't know what you got going on there, Rob, but you do a good job. Anyways, I'll talk to you soon.